Amazing love, how can it be? Welcome everyone to another edition of the ATB Motivational Monday Podcast. I'm Trey Fowler, your host. Hope you're having a great start to your Easter week. Coming off Master Sunday yesterday, we are going to talk about the greatest comeback ever. Now some of you may have clicked on this podcast thinking we were going to talk about some of the greatest sports comebacks ever. Perhaps the Red Sox being down 3-0 in the ALCS in 4 Maybe the Patriots being out down 28-3 late in the third quarter of the Super Bowl, one that still stings for many of us here in Atlanta. Maybe you're thinking the 1995 Eastern Conference semifinals where Reggie Miller scored eight points in the last nine seconds to defeat the New York Knicks. Maybe Tracy McGrady, 13 points in 33 seconds as his Rockets defeated the Spurs in 2004. Or, since yesterday was Master Sunday, you're thinking about Paul Lowry, who stormed from 10 shots back on the last day to win the 1999 British Open. No, we're not talking about the greatest sports comebacks in history. We're talking about the greatest comeback in the history of the world. Only fitting that on Easter week, we talk about the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, many might be listening. You might be a believer. You may not be a believer. So I want to attack this week's motivation from both sides. Maybe you're an unbeliever. I think it's important for me to give you the Cliff Notes version of what Easter is all about. Many of you may be curious. You might want to know, what's Easter all about? Who's Jesus? What's this resurrection? How did we all get here? You might have a lot of questions and not have many answers. Well, let me give you the Cliff Notes version of exactly what this all means and what this is all about. You see, in the beginning, God created the world, and he created man and woman, Adam and Eve. And in Genesis 3, we read the following. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree in the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. This is where sin entered the world. God had given Adam and Eve instructions, and he asked them to not eat of the one tree that the serpent deceived them into eating from. And as a result, sin entered the world. As sin enters the world, there needs to be a sacrifice for that sin. And early in the Old Testament, the sacrifices consisted of animals, but it was a never-ending process is what it seemed like between the Israelites or the people of the world clinging to God and then 
straying from God. And this cycle happened over and over and over again. God gave his Ten Commandments, the two greatest being have no other gods before me, love God, and then love others as you love yourself. And those being the chief commandments, people continue to disobey commandment number one. They started to worship other gods. He wanted you to have no other gods before him. They started to worship other gods and idols. And over and over and over again, we fell in this same cycle of worshiping other gods. And finally, God understood, and God knew it all along, he's all knowing, that we would need a Savior that would cleanse us not only from the sins we had committed, but the sins that are still yet to come. We needed that perfect sacrifice. The animals weren't going to cut it. And they alluded to this in Zechariah 9.9 of the coming Messiah, the coming Savior. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, the King cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the foil of an ass. So they were predicting or they were foreshadowing the coming of the Savior. And then the Savior arrives and we see that played out in Luke 2, 1 through 11. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place. Quirinius was governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. As we skip down a little bit, as Mary and Joseph go to be registered, it says in verse 6, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah the Lord. So it was foreshadowed in Zechariah 9.9 and then it came to fruition in Luke chapter number 2 that the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus Christ, God sent his son down here to live a perfect life, a sinless life, the only person in the history of the world to live a sinless life. And as a result, he became the perfect sacrifice. And for those that wonder, well, how do we know that it was really Jesus? How do we know that that was who was the Savior? We go back to that Zechariah 9.9 where it talks about him riding upon an ass and upon a colt. And then we skip down and to Mark 11.7. This is uh, in the last days of Jesus, and the verse says, And they brought the colt to Jesus and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. This signified what had been foreshadowed in Zechariah 9 9 that Jesus, the Savior, the Messiah, had come just as they said he would 
on the colt. They said he would come lowly. He was born in a manger. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He lived a perfect and sinless life. And then he was crucified. We go on down and we see in Luke 23 verses 32 and 33. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. At that point, Jesus became the perfect sacrifice, the sacrifice that was required as soon as sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, a sacrifice that could no longer be paid through animal sacrifices. It had to have the perfect, living, breathing, sinless sacrifice, and Jesus Christ was that sacrifice. But here's the key to it all, and the key to why we celebrate Easter this week because it did not end at death's door. It did not end as they locked him away in that tomb with that stone. And that is what Easter is all about. We see in Mark 16 verses 3 through 6. And I'll read those to you. Mark 16 verses 3 through 6. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher, the one that sat in front of the tomb of Jesus? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they lay him. And they found an empty tomb, because the one that was sent to be the perfect sacrifice, so that we could defeat death and have everlasting life, had fulfilled all the prophecies. He had risen again. He had shown that he had defied death, defied the grave, and he had rose again so that you and I and everyone that listens to this podcast would have two great opportunities. Number one, to have a relationship with our God and our Lord, that will be the greatest relationship that you've ever had in your entire life. A relationship with someone that will never leave you and that will never forsake you. And number two, it will give you the opportunity to spend eternity with Him in heaven. Eternity in heaven. We have that opportunity. So my challenge and my motivation for unbelievers is this. If you're curious, if you're wanting to know if the Cliff Notes version that I just gave you is true, I encourage you, find a church this weekend. Find a church this weekend to go to, sit in the service, and let 
God show you the power that he has to soften your heart, to break down all of the doubts and thoughts and fears and walls that you've built up in your life. Give him that chance. That's your motivation this week. I promise you, if you take that opportunity, if you take that motivation, your life will never be the same again. And my motivation for believers, my challenge for believers is this. Share this amazing comeback story. Share this amazing comeback story with someone this week. That is your motivation. I promise you, if you share this story with someone, you will be blessed. And the second challenge I give to my believers listening to this, invite someone to church with you this week. Make sure that you are there, but invite someone that needs to hear about the greatest comeback of all time because it does not exist on a baseball field, in a foot, on a football field, in a basketball arena, or in one of the greatest places to play golf in the world. It does not exist in the realm of sports. It exists in the realm of a risen Savior that defied the grave, that lived a sinless life so that you and I can have the greatest relationship we'll ever know and that we can live eternally with Him in heaven. That's what I encourage you to do. That's our motivation for this week. That'll wrap up this week's Motivational Monday. If you're listening to this and you need a place to go to church, I invite you to join me at Wildwood Baptist Church in Ackworth, Georgia. We have four services going on this weekend. I would love to have you reach out to me on social media and I will make sure that you are my guest this weekend. I hope you all have a great week. No matter what you're facing in life, no matter what you're going through right now, always, always stay motivated. And we'll see you next time.